Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome into the DNVR Gaming Podcast, brought to you by WGT Golf. You can download it totally for free today at dnvrgolf.com. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. Joining me, as always, is the DNVR Avalanche crew of AJ and Rudo. And on this episode, we get to celebrate some of our favorite overlooked and underrated games from the last couple of years with gaming awards right around the corner and us set to do our own kind of special celebration of our favorite games over the last year several of which are games people have heard of and are very familiar with and there's nothing wrong with loving some final fantasy 7 and some animal crossing and these games have been massive successes but we want to give some love to those other games out there that haven't necessarily been and we were just talking about this before we came on so aj why don't you get us started with this question of like what even is it? Are we talking indie games? Are we talking small games? Some of these games that are, I've been playing Life is Strange lately, which is, you know, a Square Enix game, but it's also an indie game. These like subsidiaries, right? Like Fox Searchlight and stuff like that. So what even counts in this conversation? I don't know, man. I don't know why you're asking me. I was the one asking you that before we started. <laughs> what, I was trying to mean? get, I was trying to get a definition so I could figure some games out. When and instead, you were like, "Come on, even talk about it." <laughs> well, what is that? I, when I when I think of an indie game, I typically just think of a small developer that hasn't had the big hit yet. Right. Typically, yep. you know, and when you you know, um, good example, think of Larian Studios when they made Divinity One. Yeah, you know, they I, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure about this, but I'm pretty sure that game was Kickstarter funded. And look at it now. Like, Divinity 2 was a massive success, and now they've been given control of Baldur's Gate. So, not an indie developer anymore, but anymore, one that right. turned into the success story. What? In my mind, if something is kickstarted, I just kind of always throw it into the indie category. But then you also have games like Star Citizen, where like, they've raised like $130 million. And it's like, okay, well, that's not an indie game anymore at that point. Right. But. Uh, it's, did, they, did that game ever come out? It, it's been coming out in pieces, like bit by bit, for a long time now. But yeah, if you've been in early access for a decade, you really regretted that year one early access, huh? Yeah, it's rough. Definitely a little bit rough. But people got money to burn, I guess. So Man, Sunset Overdrive was a fun game. I don't know that. Uh, tell me, what's the elevator pitch? What is this? Um. It was Vaporwave was a video game. It was kind of Jet Set Radio meets Infamous. Okay, I like that. If that if that helps at all, 
Yeah. It had it had kind of a it had that's those were the games that it, it really reminded me of with a really good soundtrack. Right. Right. Well, and so here's an interesting question, right? So Beeston comes in with, are we talking about Haiti? So, right, this is another one of these uh, from that developer. They're well known now. They're very well known. They keep winning awards and they keep like Bastion was fantastic. I've got Bastion and it was one of the games I thought about bringing up. So this is the problem that AJ is having right now, right? And I think we're all having it. It's like, yeah, Bastion was dope. But those guys, like everybody knows that, uh, I'm I'm blanking on the second one now, and then Hades Transistor. or the Resistor, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Transistor, uh, uh, and 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 like those games are awesome. I, I played the hell out of Bastion. I'm I'm told Hades is great. Once I try it, I'm sure I'll love it. Um, but you know, it got nominated for Game of the Year, <laughs> so it's like, is, is that an not really indie anymore at that point? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Super Giant Games can't really be considered much of an indie developer. You know, right. after certainly after Bastion, you could start to make the argument that they moved out of that, and then after Transistor, it's like, no, yeah, those were those were big time successes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, can we separate? underrated from underground now indie games get celebrated but aren't mainstream that's that's a really great point and you know, flyby cygnus coming in with ace combat again a franchise everyone's heard of but you can certainly make the argument that it's a bit underrated and overlooked but it's not indie. yeah i i think the genre is probably what's holding ace combat back yeah. more because there's not a lot of like dog fighting games right and i mean that in terms of Air combat, not <laughs> actual dog fighting. Not the Mike Vick game. Yeah. <laughs> Someone listening on their podcast app on the drive to work just went, What did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Do you like adopting dogs and training them? I mean, like, it's a weird game, dude. Right. Weird Nintendo Dogs mod, man. <laughs> very, very. Oh, God. I oh, forgot boy. about Nintendo Dogs. Oh, boy. Uh, but yeah, that's that's for a very specific audience, right? But I think that is actually one of the things that a lot of the games that we're going to talk about today have in common. And one of the great things about modern gaming is that you can make something for a very specific audience. And you don't have to ship 5 million copies. You don't even have to ship a million copies if you don't spend that much and you, you sell to your audience, like... There, there's a so yeah, I don't, it's a tough definition to create. That's why but that's where it comes in, right? Out. Like if you're a triple A title, you have to appeal to the general audience because of your budget, because of the price that you're sinking into it. You have to make a significant amount of money back. If you're an indie dev that you know is a team of 10, 5, sometimes one guy, the return on investment doesn't need to be nearly as significant for it to be a success, right. Yeah, um, you know, just talking about super giant games again. Uh, just they have twenty employees apparently. Right, like, so that's pretty small. Maybe, maybe we should still consider them. Yeah, you know, uh, because twenty employees is that's twenty people making some really good games. Yeah, does DNVR? Well, DNVR has more than twenty employees at this point. Huh. 22 now i think much more i was gonna say but yeah <laughs> like yeah it, it's that size of company all right well let's get into a couple of our favorites and maybe it'll become a little bit clearer 
what we think of as overlooked and underrated and indie and all this stuff as we go through it here. Who wants to start? Who wants to throw one in the I started with AJ before Ruto. Let's start with you. Give us just a game that comes to your mind when you thought in the last couple of years, what was overrated or not over? We're, we're not doing that conversation. That's mean. We're doing underrated. What needs a little more love and attention? Um I don't know if I would say it's underrated, but definitely overlooked by a lot of people because of its casual aspect is the Untitled Goose Game. That game is amazing, and everyone should take the time to play it, at least for a little while. It definitely can't be underrated. They talked about it as a game of the year last year. I understand. I that's what I said. I don't think it's, it's under kind of 80s category. But yeah. I think a lot of people looked at that game and said, "Oh, it's super casual. It's not for me. I want to go play a real game." And mm-hmm. trust me, it's fun. It's worth the time to go run around as a crazy goose and mess with people's lives. Yeah, maximum. I haven't played the co-op version of it, but Maximum Troll Life was great and all the memes that came from it. My uh my Animal Crossing town flag is actually the goose excellent news yeah excellent cygnus asking you mess with the honk you get the bonk (laughs) that's how it goes (laughs) i gotta try it i really do it looks like the kind of thing i could thoroughly enjoy well right but it's stupid but it's it's more fun than goat simulator was yeah goat (laughs) simulator there was nothing to do uh, so Sig is asking, so th- this is kind of the thing, right? Honest question, should Among Us be considered for game of the year? And I know it's actually kind of old. There's this weird question about it. it's a little bit older, but that's one of those games that's super indie and overlooked and underrated right up until the moment where everybody became aware of it and it became this massive phenomenon, right? And so it sits right on the precipice of this question. Uh I, I'm only aware of it. I haven't actually played it, Among Us yet. It's an unpopular opinion, I think. But for me, of the games where you play as a jelly bean person, Fall Guys is better than Among Us. I actually haven't played Among Us yet, but I feel like a DNVR night would be... Yeah, DNVR play squad Among playing and... Among Us would be amazing, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Brechton says it sucks unless you're playing with friends and you're all drinking, which sounds like a kind of thing we could make happen pretty easily. <laughs> sounds like our kind of situation. It's, so, If you don't know, Among Us is kind of like the mafia game that you play in person or like werewolves kind of where it's more in video gamey, right? So like the bad guys run around and murder people and try not to get caught. And then the townsfolk call meetings and they're like, and they end up lynching usually themselves. It's like a conspiracy with like a whodunit. And then yep. you, try and, you try and figure it out. It's sort of, sort of like a really screwed up game of clue. Yeah. Kind of. But yeah, these, these small games that become big phenomenons. You, you mentioned when you said, you know, game developers of one, a development team of one. I, of course, thought of Undertale, which yep. uh, was phenomenal, which was so super cool. And as somebody who's a fan of every game that that game was a love letter to, it was basically like 
you know how we all played all those RPGs in the 90s of like not just Final Fantasy, but like Legend of Mana and Secret of Mana and all that really nerdy shit that we were into? Like, what if I just, as a single person, write a love letter to all of it? And it's an amazing game. I highly recommend anybody who's a fan of 1990s JRPGs. If you like Earthbound. Mm. Right. Just all that stuff. Or or Dragon Warrior slash Dragon Quest. Um, Talk about overrated, man. I'm not a big fan of that franchise, honestly. Oh, Earthbound? Let me just let me qualify. Earthbound is a great game. Okay. But it is it is extremely slow. It is slow paced. That is true. Yeah. And it is it is it can be really tough to get into, especially if you like the Final Fantasy games, which don't typically have pacing issues. Right. And Ness right. Yeah. and Smash. So Oh yeah, Chrono Trigger is a masterpiece. Yeah, well, and there, there's another example of, like, anyone who's played Chrono Trigger knows it's a masterpiece. But if you ask a modern gamer, you know, what are your what are the best games of all time? How long would it take them before they – have they even heard of this? This thing has gotten far enough away. You know, it's like – but not an indie game. Overlooked and underrated? Probably. Well, actually, no. It's not underrated. It's overlooked. That's back to Rudo's thing. This is back yeah. to our Hades. <laughs> this is the Hades cat- – so this is what we're doing, basically. We're creating categories here. Of mm-hmm. types of things, things that are overlooked but not underrated. The mm-hmm. Hades. We um, need to. It's the video or the TV and and movies have this category of cult classics. Yeah, and that's kind of what they fall into. I think like a Fight Club or a, a Firefly, things like that. Yeah, where if you've seen it, you know it's very very good, but mm-hmm. the general eye hasn't picked up on it quite as much. Right. We got a few others in here. The original Prince of Persia, Wolfenstein 3D. Those were all, both of those games were also, I don't know, I grew up with those. So it was like, those were, those helped like build their respective genres. I mean, it's it's hard when you go back to like the beginning of gaming when things were still, you know, genres hadn't been invented yet. (laughs) The best Prince of Persia was Sands of Time on the PlayStation. So, right. I, I, I don't totally even know agree. on that one. <laughs> 24K basketball, bringing up Legend of Dragoon. You could act like, and here's the thing. Anything that Square Enix has made that's good that isn't Final Fantasy over the last 30 years <laughs> is a little bit overlooked. And <laughs> uh, and you could throw Nier into that category. I mentioned Life is Strange, which is a little more of an indie project. But they've got a lot of those offshoot things that, if it's not Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts, like... It's <laughs> it's weird now since you brought up near. They're in the modern video game cycle. It's hard not to consider near, uh, maybe not AAA, but certainly not indie or, or underrated because just of the hype cycle that is surrounding significant video game companies now, where they're like, "This is our next big game. We're gonna pump it. We're gonna pump it. We're gonna pump it." Totally. So. I struggle with ones like that for sure, but yeah. And some of these franchises also were in Japan for such a long time. Yeah. That when they finally started to come over to the to the West where it was like, Oh, these are great. You know, you look at like Fire Emblem, uh, you look at the Tales series, 
you know, first Tales game I ever played was Tales of Symphonia on GameCube. Yeah, that game's really phenomenal cool. game. There's a reason that that game has been released on like five different platforms. Yeah, it's a great game, arguably the best of the Tales series. And then you look at like the J- the JRPG genre just isn't very popular the way that it used to be, and Tales continues to like dominate that genre. I mean, there's tons of Tales games. You know, they come out every couple of years, but they never, they never get that like hype to them. But they, they're, they're, you know, kind of, kind of like with uh, Michael suggesting Ace Combat. Like Ace Ace Combat's a Bando, uh, uh, right? Bando Namkai, right? Santo Ranta. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Uh, uh, they, uh, you know, not a small developer, but like a, a very niche genre that is a very like narrow lane of game development. And there's just not, there's not tons of those, you know, Dra- Dragon Quest is a, you know, the Dragon Quest 11. Great JRPG, but there aren't, there just aren't tons of them anymore. Remember, there used to be, a, they, for a while, they were all over the place, and now right. it's just like people just don't have time for games like that. Right. Um, but I was gonna jump into so another category who, here. But... Like, was hyped on Fantasy Star <laughs> Online earlier this year, but yeah, well, and even then, it was like, like even that was that's what that game's been out for like eight years. True. And so it like finally right. comes to the West, and then you play it, and it was like, "Wow, this is a game development nightmare." <laughs> like games have come a long way since this was made, and yeah. they have not. True enough. Well. True enough. Right. Still a fun uh, game, by the way. So I think the next extension of that, and this is another thing that's happened a lot more recently, is these people that leave big companies and then go and create their own little indie development thing. And then start creating super dope stuff, right? And actually, one of the games that I wanted to talk about, uh, one of the things that made me, you know, particularly think of this topic, something I've been playing lately, called the Banner Saga. Um, talking about wanting some, you know, those types of RPGs that don't exist very often anymore. The elevator pitch for this game is that it's Final Fantasy Tactics meets Norse mythology, and it's uh, it's very old school in its gameplay and and concept it's almost like playing a dungeons and dragons adventure but it's also very fresh in its presentation and in its you know delivery of things like voice acting that wouldn't have existed back at the time when games like this were a lot more common and uh but it's also created by it's like an offshoot of a bunch of guys who worked at bioware and uh but it's phenomenal it's a fantastic trilogy of games that I would highly recommend to anybody who enjoys things like Disgaea or Final Fantasy Tactics, Tactics Ogre, those sort of um, chess battle turn-based RPGs. Yeah, bat- team fight tactics and stuff, yeah. Yeah, like it's a genre that you just don't see a lot of games in anymore. And it can be, it, what it's actually closer to, I, was, I and it's great because I played through this game uh, with my girlfriend, because it's also got a lot of choices that you can make and stuff. And it's like, they're like permadeath in it. So you got to be character caref- careful not to get your characters killed. Very stuff like that. like that. Right. And so you can kind of together, like make all these decisions. And then you go and, you know, you, you have the little 
battle segment of the game. And it's, it's so, they just don't make these types of games anymore. And you can understand why, but that they found a new way to make it cool, but in its own original way, very, very impressive, but like, yeah, it's just some cast-offs from Bioware who really knew how to make some stuff, who got a very small budget, made a tight, tight little trilogy of games. <laughs> I mean, is that the new cycle for, like, video game devs? Start indie game company, be successful, make a couple of bangers, get bought by EA or some giant company that pays absurd amount of money, make a couple of terrible games, and then all of the good developers jump ship and start a new company. <laughs> like, cause it seems to happen a lot right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, look at the guys that made Diablo two. Uh, a lot of those, a lot of those devs ended up moving over to gazillion and helping Marvel heroes become what it did before, it, you know, they went bankrupt and fell apart. But they they remade that game from a piece of garbage into a really really fun superhero ARPG that lived up to a lot of the Marvel license potential, and it was all the guys that made D two. They took a bunch of the they took a bunch of the D two formula and applied it there, and then learned from some of their mistakes and were like, hey, you know, people should be allowed to respec on the fly so they can do different things if they want. These should not be permanent choices that screw you. And turned, you know, turned it into a really fun game and then retired. Good game devs are good game devs at the end of the day. Right. The guys that make good games usually have good ideas. They have a they have a good understanding of what to do. They have an understanding of is this fun when I do it? Not right. not like some of the stuff that you do in MMOs, which are just... By the so, way, at least from our generation, I think RuneScape is the least overlooked game in history. I don't think there's a single person that went to my middle school that didn't at least log into RuneScape at one point in time. Man, you went to I a really, cool middle school. I didn't play it, man. <laughs> Uh, that's that's mind-boggling to me because everyone yeah. I knew had like at least tried that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was familiar with it. I had friends that played it. Um, that's all good. And all. I just wasn't my thing. Totally, it, it's had a, had a bunch of friends that played like Maple Story and stuff like that too. Uh, RuneScape was way better than Maple Story ever was. Yeah, Club Penguin. <laughs> So then there's this other category. My guy, uh, Matt Diorio from, he's got a great podcast. If you're a huge video game podcast person, check out crashing game night. We got to have him on here sometime. We'll definitely have him on a guest as a guest on this podcast to, to talk about all kinds of stuff. He's talked to so many interesting people in the gaming industry about all kinds of fun, interesting things, but he brings up, you know, these true indie games like Hugh. I don't know if you, if you're familiar with that or like, Ho ho come these these they're almost like little puzzle color games. Um, the company that got really famous. What were the what was the is I that I can't remember that they they did it for Sony, but the people that made like Journey and Flower and Abzu, right? These kind of pretty pleasant, colorful worlds to interact with and and solve little puzzles, and it's not even your standard sort of video game experience right more like a it's a it's a story more than a video game yeah, yeah it's like an interactive novel yeah but even like less so like 
like Telltale, obviously, is the the prime example yeah. of that, right? Or or even I third time, Life is Strange. But I think that like there's something weird about Flower in particular. I highly recommend anyone who's got just like a free six hours. I think it's free, or you can buy it for like ninety nine cents or a dollar. Like there these yeah, Entwined is another one. I don't know if you're familiar with that. These like. Um, it's sort of like a, a rhythm music game where you move these like mystical creatures. One you control with the left stick, one you control with the right stick. You got to match them up with little color patterns. And then pretty things happen on your TV screen. That's basically the point of most of these games is like a small bit of puzzle challenge for a, a pretty release of a thing. Do you have any favorite games in that genre? We need a we need a category for this. Um, I would say kind of. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot more gameplay heavy. Um, but fantastic artwork plus fun gameplay with a little bit of puzzling to it. The Trine series. You know, not a, oh, you want to you want to talk about like a true indie series here. It's it's never been the highest selling series it's not insanely popular but the people who have played it really really like it uh you know earlier this year i went through it z and i and a friend of mine all went through it all together and basically beat it in one weekend uh not long games but really fun and outstanding artwork the 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 aesthetics of the game are incredible and they have a whole series. It's just like that, you know, little platforming, little puzzling. Uh, I've been very curious about those. I've seen the trailers and, and I've always wondered, I will check them out upon your recommendation. Good sir. You, I mean, you, you and, uh, you and Katie want to play something. That's, it's a really easy game. That's how I pull her into the video game world. Ooh, pretty art. And then, you know, uh, the Norse mythology and, oh, I just got that person killed. Now I feel bad. But yeah, the pretty colors is the biggest that like, let's give us some game. You have to work together. You have to, no, no fighting. No, you've got a person making the boxes has to be ready to do a lot of work. Oh man. I love it. I'm ready. I'm in. Rudo, you got some. Let's call them pretty color games. <laughs> uh, kind of in the same same vein, Braid. Oh, good call. Yes, yes, yes. Very much enjoyed that one. I'm always a sucker for uh, the reversing time puzzles. To be honest, like. Oh man, you're like uh, you're like Iron Danger. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't tried there it. Go. There we go. It was, in, it was in Humble Bundle for September or October. I'm probably sitting in my Steam library somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I was with the, the Banner Saga. I'd, I'd owned that game for like two years because it went on sale at one point for like five bucks. I was like, that looks cool. And it's just been sitting there. And, you know, one day yeah. you download it and you go, I'm going to try this. You know, this is awesome. That was how I got into it. PlayStation 4 gave away one and two um, as yeah. part of PS Plus. And so I just downloaded it and I played through them. And I was like, oh, these are actually good games. Yeah, artwork is awesome in those in those games. By the way, right, right, uh, and uh, <laughs> bust a move on N sixty four. All right, Cygnus, how many Breck brews are we in now? <laughs> now we're on to bust a move on N sixty four. Parappa the Rapper, all time underrated games. What do we <laughs> uh, need for Speed Pro Street? The most underrated racing game of the mid two thousands. There you have it, folks. <laughs> it's, 
Uh, I'll with that. If I believe that. Extreme G is the most underrated racing game God, of all. Extreme G was awful. That game was terrible. Excuse me, good sir. Sorry. F- the F-Zero games deserve a new entry. True. Yeah. Why have we not had one of those in a while? Um, I also, just since we're apparently just naming games now, I wanted to bring attention <laughs> to two others. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Uh, obviously I'm an RPG guy. I've been playing uh, Grand Kingdom, which I'll tell you right away is okay. But again, it's one of those ones I got like for free on the PS Plus or whatever. But the, Just, the, like, uh, the what a recommendation! The, so <laughs> it is okay. It is okay. Uh, I think the battle system <laughs> mechanics that they've created. Here's here's what's happened. Is there's two of these games that exist that I know of, and it's basically a revitalization if anybody ever played like Valkyrie Profile back in the day. Talk about your underrated games. Um, totally different style of doing an RPG. And, and it's difficult to explain exactly how the battle system works, but it's extraordinarily engaging. The problem with Grand Kingdom is that it doesn't have that interesting of like a lore and story, which an RPG kind of needs to be successful, right? And it, it appears to have been created largely for, like they had this idea that it could be competitive online because the way they've set up their battle system, I could totally see how that would be a whole lot of fun. There's a whole lot of different classes and it's basically a combination of three ideas. It's that tactical, like it matters how you move your chess pieces around the board it's the RPG of it matters what their stats and abilities are. And then there's a little bit of like a fighting game mechanic too. And then it matters if you can pull off the moves properly and you need some hand-eye coordination to make it work. And it's really, really cool. But Indivisible Prototype is the game that I haven't even played but need to recommend. And the reason is because I'm recommending it to myself. I played the free version of it that has great gameplay and no story and no lore. And it's just like, okay, I put my 15 hours into this and I'm done. But if it had a great story behind it that had me wanting to continue on, I could see spending hundreds of hours inside a gameplay system like that. It's really smart. So I'm going to check out Indivisible Prototype. Um, I feel like you just, like Sony needs to hire you to pitch quick time events after that pitch that you just gave. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, you know. I don't hate quick time events. Oh, straight up. Forget everything I just said and just go and play Nights into Dreams. <laughs> 25 years. Sonic needs more love now. Yeah, Sonic no, needs Sonic. anything but love. Yeah. yeah. Sonic just had a movie made, so I think yeah. we're good on Sonic needing more love. Sonic, Sonic's doing just fine, but uh, Nights into Dreams. All right, let's, let's wrap it up in that general category. All time underrated games. I don't know. I, can I even say this? Ayudin Chronicles? Apparently it is underrated and overlooked because I've never heard of this. 100 Heroes looks rad. Oh, Suikoden. 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 I've never known how to pronounce those. Did you ever play those games back in the day? Those are super underrated and dope. I've I've said all... I think I've named all the underrated RPGs at this point. But that was one that was a lot of fun where you have to like put together a cast of over 100 people. It's basically about recruiting your gigantic army and, and it's big big army battles as opposed to like four on one or whatever, but those games are fun too. Uh, 
people that are fans of this series are going to hate me for saying this, but Perfect Dark legitimately underrated because GoldenEye straight up stole the spotlight from it. And yes, there were games on PC like Unreal Tournament and things like that that predated Perfect Dark, but Perfect Dark brought legitimately difficult bots to play against to the console genres. Mm -hmm. They were not difficult. They were cheat holes. (laughs) (laughs) There was... They were too good, dude. They, it, was, it was it was unbelievable. They were too good. Seriously. I mean, it, Perfect Dark was fantastic, but oh my god. It was so Everything difficult. you wanted Golden Eye but couldn't. Wanted to do in Golden Eye but couldn't. Yeah, because you could actually play with friends. You didn't have to play against them who were just watching your screen anyway, so it kind of yep. sucked. <laughs> and so you could play against you could play against bots, but you could play competitive matches. Because the bots were really, really good. There were like ten levels of them too, so you could you could find your spot without it being like, this is punishingly difficult. And we're not having fun, mm-hmm. and this is this is the right amount of challenge, but we're and still going to win most of the time. Didn't hate your friends at the end of it either. <laughs> yeah, you're not trying to end friendships, man. That's what Mario Party's for. <laughs> no, those were the days. Just getting scream speaking out. Of, speaking, <laughs> of, uh, speaking of underrated games, uh, there was a game on the Wii called Dokapon Kingdom. Yeah. That was like that was like it was Mario Mario Party esque, except it was all it was all the stuff that you liked about Mario Party. It was awesome, a bunch of classes, and in the end, it was all about betraying whoever you decided to side yeah. with. Oh, uh, straight up ruin your friends' lives. Yeah, it was definitely a thing that you wanted to play with your friends to, to test that friendship. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, as an old school gamer, there's a few I just want to throw out. Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Oh, God. That game is so hard. Yes. And so, like, if you fire that game up now and you don't know what you're doing, right. you are not going to have a good time. I actually did that. Be like, you're like running the around day. the yard with nothing, and right. you're like, what the hell is going on here? Oh, yeah. it's game over. Got it. Yeah. I shot all my bullets, and the zombies eat me now. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the Resident Evil formula long before Resident Evil happened. Right, right. Um, <laughs> there's a game for, I think, hard. Super Nintendo and Sega, which was like an early version of. Uh, like um, oh, what was that uh Sid Meier game with the where you're just like the one little critter that evolves, Spore? Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that, is that what I'm thinking? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's Super Such Nintendo game. Yeah, it was it was really not great, and the, but there's a Super Nintendo game called EVO or Evo, probably Evolve, whatever. Really, really cool. Really interesting early concept version of like. Well, they were trying to get to that. Uh, it, I, I I would love to have seen what they could have done with a concept like that if they'd have had more technology available. The original Castlevania is a top fifty game of all time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think those are overlooked or underrated. At least I hope they're not anymore. And everyone, check out the Netflix series because it's dope. Uh, oh, I'm it's actually big- good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really actually good. good. As as a very like yeah, on stuff like that, I really liked Castlevania series. Yeah. 
Anyone know Alpha Centauri? Don't. I know Civ though. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, that's not a that's not a genre I really dabble in. So. Yeah, I don't too much either. Henry said Burnout Three. I don't think Burnout Three is underrated anymore. I think it was when it first came out, but that's well, one racing of the ones were a big. There was a ton of competition. Yeah. Project when Gotham Burnout was out there, there, and there were the Grand Turismo. Yeah, yeah, you had Gran Turismo and Forza have been around yep. for um, all of that. Need for Speed was still big. It was right. just a, it was just a genre that had way more competition. Yep. And my favorite, personal, most underrated game of all time that I never thought got enough love that that desperately, desperately needs a remake. That there's no way this game wouldn't be successful if you executed a C minus execution of it is eternal darkness sanity's requiem for the nintendo gamecube yep oh my god yep <laughs> a game that you cannot do drugs and play at the same time you can't straight do up it. you it, cannot it, do it you'll think you're on drugs playing it so. exactly that's what i'm saying it will you will have a very very bad night if you take any kind of <laughs> you're gonna have a bad time <laughs> you can't do it dude it is so for anyone. What's the what's the elevator pitch for this? It is see that's what's difficult is it's there's not a lot of games like it, and you the, it's it's like you know the relief of when you think you forgot to save, but then it turns out you did save. It's like <laughs> that distilled the entire game. Like <laughs> it's it's uh, like has anybody ever offered you acid and you said no? It's like if you'd said yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, straight up. Yeah, I, I so one of so okay, literally for anyone who just doesn't know what we're talking about here. That Okay. This, for, for the record, I will I broke my Mario Golf on the N64 because <laughs> I got so pissed at that game that I actually I broke it in half. So, right. that game. Right. Go on, Drew. <laughs> uh Eternal Darkness is very broadly speaking kind of, it's a horror game. If you're not really into things that are spooky and scary and mess with you then you you shouldn't get into it. And I'm I'm typically not. That is not my genre. There's a lot of things about that game that are genius, but probably the sanity meter is the thing that makes it most interesting. The idea that it has this you know, we're used to health meters and magic meters and played a lot of video games over the years but as terrible things would happen to you in this game your character would start to hallucinate and then the game would start to mess with you those of you who've played metal gear solid you're you're close to knowing you know the fourth wall breaking how they can mess with you but eternal darkness and i metal gear solid is my favorite my second favorite video game franchise in the world after final fantasy eternal darkness does fourth wall breaking and messing with the player better it's so much screwier. And, and without playing it, you just don't know. But you could do this in so many... With the modern technologies, the number of ways you could mess with people by convincing them that they'd wiped their hard drive or that their TV is turned off or that their internet has been disconnected or however many number of things that can, like... Oh, man. To mess with people in the modern technology. Eternal Darkness, Sanity Rec Sanity's Requiem VR. <laughs> just... People would go actually insane. Yeah. 
that would be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's actually probably a really bad idea. But I gotta, I need a remake of that game. It was so, so smart. So smart. Toe Jam and Earl. A good series. Those were fun games. They were wild too. I played a little Power Stone. Any of those, like any fighting game that isn't a 2D, you know, Mortal Kombat, Tekken, Soul Calibur, Street Fighter game. There's a lot of those 3D fighters that are underrated. Power Stone was fun. All right. Fighters is another genre that just doesn't really have. Yeah. They've really fallen. It's crazy. Like fighters, uh, RTS, to an extent, JRPGs, like people just don't make them like they used to. There were so many of them. Just so hard to innovate in those things. Like, yeah. When fighters came out with the, you can queue up with three players and rotate them when you want. That was like a big deal for fighters. Yeah, I mean that's what's that's what made Marvel versus Capcom such an interesting yeah. deviation from Street Fighter, and why those two dominated the fighting game scene for such a long time. Yep. I, I love mean, this. Mortal Kombat went like a decade. Oh. Straight up, I love this comment from AJ. Other AJ, we'll have to call you. Uh, end of MGS2, I must have turned my system off a dozen times toward the end. Thought the system was really telling me to shut down. Same, dude. It's so messed up. <laughs> it is, I love it when a game will mess with you a little bit. And Cygnus reminding us of when Rhythm Games ruled the market for like a two and a half year period when there was a legitimate dance dance revolution. True. Come I on. Used to... It was right there. I was real. I I played the shit out you of revolved. VR. I yep. went to. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a home one. I I went to the arcade to play it in front of crowds on a Saturday night. Wow, you liked it that much. <laughs> yeah, my friends and I all got into it. We did whole things in front of. And for whatever reason, bunches a bunch of people would show up Dude, at Katie people Mills just Mall. Watch that game too. Like yeah. crowds just gather around that game. Yeah. yeah. It was Straight right up. inside. The, it was right. It was right by uh, where they had it. it. Was right by the movie theater, and it was right at the entrance of the arcade. So just walking by, you could see it. Or if there's a crowd there, look. When a crowd gathers, it just naturally attracts people. Yeah, yeah. And so five people would show up. It turned into ten people. It turned into twenty people. It turned into I'm I'm playing a rhythm game in front of all these people that I don't know. This is really weird. Uh. This is the things. This is the things I can talk. It's okay. It's a, I, I talk for a living. It's fine. These are the things that make us gamers interesting and unique people all unto ourselves. All right. Is there anything else? Because we're going to sign off and everyone's going to go, oh, man, I forgot. Yeah. I, I, I haven't. I don't know about most underrated game ever. And it did get a sequel. But it, its sequel came several years after the original. And there was no more steam. Like the the all momentum from the franchise was gone, and uh, I would say Company of Heroes was super underrated. Oh, Company of Heroes one was very very good. It was so good. The story, the gameplay. At the if you go back and you play it now, you'll be like, "This is a pretty standard game," but at the time, it innovated a lot of the ideas that ended up in it. Squad and mechanics and stuff. Yeah, I didn't know it. But boy, did it set me up for a lifetime of loving XCOM. <laughs> yeah. 
also slightly underrated and overlooked franchises. It's, Both of those, actually. It's, it's hard to, known, it's hard to but, Fire Fire Emblem is now massive in the West after this last two iterations. It's enormous, right? Uh, XCOM XCOM Two's DLC was just so 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 good that it vaulted that popularity of XCOM Two into a different a stratosphere. Right. Not for XCOM, but if your game has a character in Smash, I don't think you can be <laughs> overlooked anymore. <laughs> Especially, well, and like Fire Emblem has like nine of them in Smash. Yeah, right. it's, a, it's a decent chunk of the raw. I think there are more Fire Emblem than Mario characters in there. Y'all know Shining Force? I've so. heard of it, but couldn't tell you what it is. Yeah. Old school, same idea. It's you'd love it. Both of you would absolutely. It was a, I think it was a Sega Genesis game. Uh, it, and it was one of my first favorite sort of tactical <laughs> RPG moving pieces around the board, falling in love with the individual characters. Yeah, Genesis Tactical RPG. It, it that's a series that desperately needs God, that that needs to be remade. I got to move that up into the top five. Y- y'all would love it. You got to check out Shining Force for sure. Speaking but there's no Fire like Emblem. modern version of it. Fire Emblem. I need to... to get into Fire Emblem. This, the day I get a Switch, I'm getting Fire Emblem. The They're coming out with a... Uh, the original one is coming to the West for the first time. Really? I played one of the handhelds, and, and it's been so long, I just cannot remember. Um. But it's a great series that for a long time had that same problem. We're talking like Square, non-Final Fantasy Square games, like non-Mario, Zelda, Metroid, Nintendo games had that problem for a long time, too. Like, these are fun, too. Fire Emblem's great. I I know we're wrapping up, but Cygnus brings up a good point here with Amnesia. of a, a game can release to small fanfare, but if a major content producer like a, a big streamer like Shroud or a YouTuber like PewDiePie picks up the game and plays it in front of millions of people, all of a sudden the game can explode in popularity. Yeah. That's one of the cool things about the modern gaming world. I, I was thinking the other day about, I think we talked about this last week, right? The golden age of gaming, but it actually is right now because for the most part you can play all the games that have been made and all the games yeah. that are being made, right? Yeah. So the golden age of gaming is right now because you can go out and get the Banner Saga 1 and 2 if you do it right for free. And yeah, if not the for accessibility that, to all of the games from earlier consoles is one of right. the major differences between today and like 15 years right. ago. Where I'm it was about like, to you get had to keep those curious. consoles. You had yeah. to keep those games. If you, had to, if you had to move, you had to you had to protect that stuff. You had to like quadruple wrap that thing to make sure that your Nintendo survived. Right. Uh, yeah, I've got uh, in my PlayStation uh, cart, I've got for 16 bucks, I think, Valkyria Chronicles. Uh, oh, the original. Yeah. Well, I mean, four. I would say it's, it's two games for $16 that I've never had a chance and I've always been interested in. Oh, and now God. I can pick them up for the price of two cups of starbucks coffee are you kidding Dude, i'm we live in the Valkyria chronicles is easily one of my favorite franchises ever really it's, see the artwork the artwork is unbelievable it gets significantly better when you get to four the gameplay the, is yeah. so good and then the stories are always good the characters are rich ah to valkyria chronicles are i they're really popular now so i didn't really think of it as underrated but it would absolutely count man Especially yeah. the fourth game, it is ah, yeah, 
Yeah. Please don't die. All right. <laughs> and I think I think that may be the best place to end, unless we've got any others that come to mind. Like I said, I'm sure we'll wrap up and 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 think of several others because over the 15 years, game so list we tweet in five minutes, you'll know <laughs> exactly right. But hang out with us, continue to let us know your favorites. We really do appreciate everyone. With uh, the comment section has been absolutely on fire today on the yeah. YouTube, on the DNVR Gaming Twitter channel, and on our Twitch. Make sure you're following us on Twitch dnvr underscore sports really do appreciate all that make sure you're subscribed to the dnvr gaming podcast so that you don't miss an episode go back and listen to any of the ones that you've missed because we always enjoy it and next week we're going to be talking about our games of the year but our version of games of the year we may be able to pull in a few other dnvr members for a special treat for you to talk about some of their favorite experiences in gaming this year it's going to be a whole lot of fun we always appreciate it. Those of you that know that it's Friday, that also means it's Mandalorian Day at the DNVR. We're doing the live watch at 8 o'clock tonight with the podcast at 9 o'clock to follow. We'll appreciate hanging out with all of you for that. Really appreciate hanging out with all of you for this. For Rudo and AJ, I've been Drew Creaseman. This has been the DNVR Gaming Podcast. We will see you next time.